We're going to chat with a handful of people about how we should approach the internal podcast. And I think um, stitching it to the all hands meeting, I think is a really great place to start. Um, because there's a lot of information that's happening in there, but it's a lot of surface level things, especially this one. You weren't even on it because you were traveling. Yeah, I was in a job trailer at <laughs> a blizzard, Syncor, yeah. or a Syncrude oil sands mine. You might have actually been on the call, but you, you didn't weigh in at least. I was, um, yeah, I was on it for the first half, and then we had to go look at 797s. Just what you got to do. Yeah. Uh, but there's a good thing. There's a handful of things in there that I, I think you would definitely want to speak to. Um, and I think hearing your opinion and, and well, not your opinion sure but just hearing it from your point of view um i think would be pretty important for all of us great well i am here to offer my perspective on whatever you want cool all right can you turn my head just a little bit more yeah just a little, just like just last time he was here his he probably had like a sinus infection and everything was just like real tight up in there i don't know, know what was going on i don't know well i think we're good I was how in, do you feel now i was in here yesterday for a podcast but i was on my own um, it was an older woman who was the, I think she called the Hamster Wheel Podcast, mm -hmm. but it's directed towards mothers of kids in high school. It's directed towards the mothers of kids in high school. Well, she said typically her audience is mothers, okay, but they'll share it with their kids as well. Like here's like real actual and valuable information. That's interesting. Yeah. And I got to talk about, uh, what we do in the trades and my experience in high school and college and... I thought it was a great time. Sure. Who knows if it was good content, but I enjoyed it. Well, I think, and I mean, obviously this is kind of how the brand has been built, but like there is a certain uh, value for that information coming from you versus somebody who's 50 years old. So I've, I've spoken enough now. My, where I'm at in speaking, speaking is such a weird deal. I... I'm extremely introverted by nature. Mm -hmm. Super socially awkward. Would you say you're um, aloof? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty out of it sometimes. I'm just in my mm -hmm. world. Yeah. And it works out for me most of the time. Sometimes it bites me in the <laughs> ass, but here we are. And speaking initially, I've done it for a few years, but I've done it seriously for probably about two now. Yeah. Every once in a while, and now it's really—it's ramping up, man. Oh, man, it's it's crazy now. But uh, at first, it was just get on the stage and say something mildly coherent. And then the second phase was okay. Now I can kind of craft a message, and what do I want to say, and yeah. how do I deliver it, and hmm. let's focus on on how I actually put this together. I, I want to you know start with a story. I want to leave them with something. What's what are great speakers known for? What's yeah. the cadence? And then now it's, okay, I can deliver a message. I can speak clearly about the message. I can be critical about the message I'm delivering in the first place so mm -hmm. that I think it's at least cohesive and, and tight. But uh, But now it's refining how I deliver a message and also I'm starting to notice more things like at the end of a speech who comes up to me who am I relating to mm -hmm. and what are they saying and using that data to then craft my messaging going forward mm. and at this last speak uh, 
speech I gave, it was to 600 people. It was a full, yeah. probably the biggest audience I've, I've spoken to. Yeah. That's awesome. And I, I, the funny thing was, I thought it was going to be 80 people, 100 people. I, I like, never, oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. I, I've only started to ask now. I, I just showed up and, you know, here's what we got. Yeah. But I was pretty confident about it because I'd practiced, I'd practiced this for 20 times through and I delivered it three or four times. It was the same talk. Yeah. Just a little bit different each time. And the the two groups that came up to me at the end were the younger people that were about my age and the older people, like the way older people. Mm-hmm. And they would often say, well, I have, a, you know, I have kids your age and no one in the middle, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> and uh, I thought that was a very telling. I can relate to. I can be relatable to someone, obviously, within my age group mm-hmm. who's maybe frustrated with where the industry's at and wants to make it better. I am relatable to somebody who might be sailing off into the sunset and who has kids my age and has potentially been able to learn from kid. There, you know, I think you can learn from your kids. I think yeah. your kids are obviously learning from you. I think it's a two-way street, so they're learning how their kids approach problems and see the world. And and that has potentially changed their perspective on things. But then the, the middle, which is honestly the, the group that we need to get to most, the decision makers, mm-hmm. they're the ones that, uh, that don't really come up. Well, I feel like the decision makers who are in the middle of a career, like pretty, they have a lot of uh, career in front of them as well as behind them. Yeah. And I feel like that's a really hard place to get to because they're like, well, here's what it's taking me to get to here so far. And I do not want to mess that up. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, I've, I've noticed it is people. Yeah. That are in the status quo realm. I feel like they're in their like fifties, late forties, fifties. I feel like that's the demographic that we need to really get in with. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to figure out how to craft my message to get in with that group but i also recognize that there's an ex there will always be an extent to which i can get in with that group because Mm -hmm. i don't work in the industry right now and my age and my facial hair growing abilities but that's where people uh like somebody like a jason richmond or definitely like a randy blunt i think is randy's still younger but i feel like he's a lot more relatable to that group and has a lot more clout and weight well his level of experience matches theirs even if he's younger correct correct so he has he has their respect in a different way in a way that i will never have it Mm -hmm. so now it's how do we deploy our resources you know me being a public speaking resource randy being a public speaking resource jason other people you know chase even there's been other people that Mm -hmm. i've been talking to jack i think was part of it how do we deploy our resources to get in front of, relate to, and ultimately help progress different audiences? Yeah, because I mean that's to me that sounds really really effective and could be a great like weapon for us into the future as we go. Where it's not like well, Aaron has to go speak because we need somebody to go tell our story and tell what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And now we're getting to the point where it's like, well, depending on what the audience is, there's a different person who's the most, who who will most likely be the most effective option. And that's like a whole new, whole new ball game in terms of like our ability to kind of tell our story in that space. 
It is. Because it's not just you walking in there and doing the thing. It no. might be a lot, but it doesn't have to be. Well, and this is the never, the reason why, I, I, yeah, I've talked about this. People think that the, all the people following me goes to my head. It doesn't even slide slightly because that's just not even all, like, that's not the motivator in the slightest. And there's still, there's a, it does feed into your ego when you're talking to 600 people. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the speaker. This is pretty cool. But at the same time, it's not the, the motivator. So I'm pretty, I try to be aware enough to be like, this is the message I can best deliver. And it's probably going to resonate with this audience. And, and here's what I want them to walk away with. Mm-hmm. Anything beyond that is not within my realm. And we need to apply a different tactic there. But ultimately, I just want to make the dirt world better. Whatever role I play in that, I'll play the hell out of, but I can't play remotely. I can't cover. <laughs> well, you can't play every role all the time. No, yeah. no, no, but it feels good. That's, I think, why this year feels so good is because I feel like, especially at the top, you know, me, Dan, Randy, Jason, we're starting to play, I think, what we're best suited for. Yeah. Then I think we have our executive leadership team that I is really playing to what they're best suited for. That uh, that next level leadership team plan, you know, I, the the teams are are I think in a good spot as yeah. far as what how they can serve our mission in the dirt world and our business overall. So I think it's starting to come together. I think that I I think this in my head often. The more we've grown, the more we've kind of like clicked people into like those spots where it's like oh my gosh now that this person's doing this look how this is taking off yes um and i think the, the more we grow the more that's gonna happen i think so which is cool i hope so um i have a couple uh topics i wanted to touch on from the all hands call the january on all hands call great um yeah you were in canada you were sending a job trailer um and so you, obviously you were well represented dan spoke a good bit skyler uh, Benjamin, a handful of other folks, but wanted to uh, get some of these points in front of you because I think that it would be important to hear your voice on these. Um, so the first thing, this is the first thing Dan brought up. Um, this is a, a pretty huge deal. Uh, the million dollar ARR yeah. for training. Comp- that, that's a pretty big deal. It's a, it's a really big deal and I didn't uh, fully appreciate it when it happened. Mm-hmm. But I've reflected upon it and it's started to set in and I've done my research because I, I don't I don't have a software background. I don't know very much about software companies. I don't have these key numbers in my I've had to learn about. I didn't even know what ARR was. Yeah, I, I didn't know. I didn't know that. So here's what this is. And here's why that word is important in the first place. Yeah, I've had to learn everything from zero yeah. with this whole software thing. And I still don't know very much. Um, but it's it's a, it's. It is so key because one, it's a certain level of validation to what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Two, it takes software companies. To, most companies don't make over a million dollars ever. Most companies. Just period. Yeah, like, period. period. That, that getting to just a million dollars in sales, no matter what you're doing, that's a big deal. Most companies never get there. Then two, getting to a million in ARR recurring revenue that um, that doesn't happen for software companies that that do get there. Most of them don't. The software companies that do get there, it takes them two, three, four, five years. A lot of times, we did it nine months. Mm-hmm. Now, I think we were uh, playing poker with kind of a loaded hand 
because we did have the foundation of <laughs> services and media to build upon and our brand and, and our team. And there's a, there was a lot going for us. Uh, so it wasn't this cold start. But at the same time, that's still something to be very proud of. And it still is the result of our hard work across the board. Mm -hmm. Everybody had a role in that. And now why is that so valuable to our business? Well, again, it's recurring revenue is 15 times plus more valuable than services revenue. From a valuation standpoint, yeah, it's not 15 times more valuable, period. period, but from a valuation standpoint, and the greater our valuation, everybody wins when that's the case. It makes us way more valuable. It legitimizes us as a new software business. We have been able to cross that threshold. And then it's annual recurring revenue. That is the coolest part. Mm -hmm. So we will have churn. We will have some customers, probably a lot of our early customers will churn, I have a feeling. So some will drop off. But as we populate it with more content, as we get better at helping them implement it more effectively, as we add more features and make the platform more robust and sticky, that number, that revenue continues to roll over that next year. Mm -hmm. And so there's that implementation. There's that $3,000 or whatever implementation that most companies are charged right now. In theory, you know, say this Jurgensen deal was $43,000. $40,000 of that one year of fees for all of their people and that $3,000 implementation. It goes through that 12 month. And then once you get to month 13, it's another $40,000. There isn't additional selling that's needed for that revenue. Yeah. That's amazing. That is incredible. And that is why that revenue is worth more than services because services is, I need to go out and get the next media project. I need to go out and get the next web project. You're having to go get more and more. And once you accomplish that, okay, great. That's done. We recorded the revenue. Now onto the next project, software. In theory, if your product is sticky enough, valuable enough, mm -hmm. it continues to roll on. So it's a huge victory across the board uh january over a quarter million dollars in sales for the month alone which was i think an even bigger accomplishment yeah shoot and uh frankly for me it was a breath a, a deep breath a much needed deep breath mm. after especially after december like yeah okay all right um we're we're on the right track and um now I have those numbers to go to potential investors and hopefully finish up our series A and so we can keep on going down the road. Yeah. Well, I think that speaks to my, my second question, which, which fits in nicely. Why does it matter for us to hit um, these monthly financial goals when it comes to what we're sharing with investors in the first place? Well, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to leave investors out of that for a second. Sure. Why does it, why is it important for us to meet our financial goals. Yeah, well, that, 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 that's why I didn't ask yeah. just that question. <laughs> let's just let's just start there. One, um, I think as an organization, financially, we need to build our confidence. How do you build confidence? You say you're going to go do something, you do it. That's how you build confidence. Yeah. There's no other way around it. That's it. In anything. I'm going to go lose weight. You go lose weight. Boom. There's some confidence. I'm going to go finish that book. You finish that book. There's some confidence. Now, it works against you too. If I say, I'm going to go finish that book, 
or I'm not going to drink for seven days in a row and you go drink on day four, now you're eroding your confidence. You just broke a promise to yourself. It's the same thing with an organization. It's a collection of people. So we're making the promise that we can meet these goals. And the goals were built not purely by Randy Blunt sitting in his office saying, these are the damn goals. He did come up with, hey, here's kind of where we need to be. Mm -hmm. So help me get here. And each division leader, every leader, a lot of people within the business, if not everybody, had some hand in it, whether they know or not, to say, these goals I can put my name on, we can put our team's name on. So for for just one, we need to build our confidence financially. That's why it's so important to meet those goals. If we can tell ourselves that we said we were going to go do that and we did it, that starts to build momentum and momentum is very powerful no matter what you're doing. Well said. So I think that's first and foremost. So we're doing it for us before anybody else. It's not an investment thing. It's a build with team thing to say we can go meet and crush our goals. Two, those goals are not arbitrary. They're derived off of the 2023 budget. So we have said, hey, when we made the changes we made in December, here are the changes we're going to have to make. Fucking sucks. But here's the goals. Here's what we're putting our name to in 2023. And if we put our name to this and we accomplish this, which I don't think we've done it for one month, I don't see why we can't do it for another 11. We don't have to do this again. And not only we don't have to do this again, but now we're building us the strongest foundation we've ever had as a business, which opens all kinds of new doors that are not currently open mm-hmm. to the business, to each individual division, to each individual at the business. Everybody wins if we meet those goals. And meeting those goals is essentially making sure that everybody's livelihood is good to go and our business can serve the industry and make the dirt world a better place this year and into next and ideally well into the future. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, we have investors. So if we can say, hey, investors, we last year, we ran this burn. This is the play we ran. We recognized we were way overly aggressive on what we thought we could do with sales, way overly aggressive on what we did, what we thought we could raise and facing that reality. So we screwed up facing that reality. Here were the adjustments we made and here are now the results from those adjustments. Mm-hmm. And r- right now, I don't want to say rough numbers or I don't want to say exact numbers and hopefully Randy's not upset at me for talking specifics. Our burn for January was likely far less than half what it was in August, which is huge, huge. (laughs) So in only a few months, we were able to over have our burn rate which is extraordinary news for everybody. Now we did crush sales in January. That helps. That helps. <laughs> that certainly helps. Yeah. And that was a large part of it. But it's again, a something to celebrate nonetheless. 
So this is all, I think January is something to celebrate. I think we all need to pat ourselves on the back. Let's, <laughs> let's recognize that, yeah. that that's pretty cool. That, that, that what, what services did was amazing. What Dirt World did, media did, software, build the training did. We all did our part. Everybody came together and we did what we needed to do in January. Let's give ourselves a pat on the back, but we're also not out of the woods yet. It's, you know, great. We just killed that deer. We're out in the woods. Killed that deer. Good. That we're going to be eating well tonight. Let's eat well, but we're still in the middle of the woods yeah, right, tomorrow. We're going to be hungry again. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 So let's not take our eye off the ball. Hmm. Let's, I, I think it's worth celebrating. I think it's worth patting each other on the back, but then also it's all right. February, it's a totally new game that, you know, we won that game, but that win doesn't matter for this game. And that's how every month needs to be played. Yeah. It's a new game. It's a new game. It's a new game. I think one thing that I'm having having to learn is what types of things uh not deserve, but um yeah, maybe maybe deserve like that that celebration and that like this is a this is serious and this is a big deal. And I, some of that comes with like I just don't know enough about the other parts of our business. I don't, it's not my job to necessarily know, but like when it comes to some of these, uh, bigger wins that are maybe at the time I feel like for just one division, but I think making sure that you and, and Dan and Randy and Jason, or whoever can speak to, here's why this is a win company wide. I, I get a lot of value out of that information. Yeah. I That's really helpful to me. And we need, we need to do a better job there. And there's, there's all new levels of financial transparency coming to our business. That is, is really exciting. Really, really cool well, stuff. Well, it's transparent to just our own business. So, so we didn't have, Correct. we weren't measuring some of these things. Exactly. But I think you also have to break it down into, you know, what what is what is winning look like in January or February for me, for Alex? Yeah. So if I contribute to revenue, our revenue goals for media, if I expand our influence, yeah, that's a that's a win. And so, if you in February help contribute, maybe even you know, oh, just a little bit to revenue in some way, yeah. And we're exploring options to do that, like even Dirt World, even like a sixty second, all kind, yeah, all, all, those. all kinds of stuff, all kinds of stuff. Or or you doing CW Matthews, yeah, that's another example. True. That's not directly here's but that that is a big deal that is a big deal so that and then expand influence great and so i just asked you about podcast numbers i was looking at the podcast numbers i, I dug up where the heck i could find them we crushed it january mm -hmm. we got a promotional plan together and it had something to do with it our podcast downloads were higher way higher way higher mm -hmm. Than ever before last last month. Not total because we've reduced the amount of episodes, but per episode. Yeah, but you stopped talking about total now. Now it's total the impact of each thing. The impact of every episode. That's a, that's a win. Yeah. So you have the win of the organization, but you also have to break it down into: Did I do my job? Did I win? Did I help my team win? Mm -hmm. And did I win at what I was doing? So what's that now? What's that win for February? What's that win for March? If everybody breaks it down like that, it's it gets pretty damn fun. I do like thinking about it, um, not from like a myopic standpoint where it's like it's, I've got my blinders on and as long as I win, then it's good. But I do like thinking 
uh, you know, for me and for Harrison as well, we want to deliver a win from our, our perspective. Yeah. Because that helps our team win. Like, I think thinking of it that way is, is helpful for me. Not that I don't want to do a, do a good job and achieve our objectives, but thinking like if I bring a W to the table and, uh, the Vogue team brings a W to the table and the, the Inspire team brings a W to the table, trade, whatever. It's like, yeah, that, that all adds up to what we're trying to do here. Sure. And there's, there's, there's nuance to it, yeah. right? It's not, yeah, you can win, your team can still lose. Of course, you know, you can, you can go put up a, you can go, you know, put 40 points up in a game and you can still lose. Mm-hmm. Like, that's no guarantee of, of a win. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, getting, continuing the sports analogy, like getting on to the court, eating what you're supposed to be eating, stretching, practicing hard, brushing up on the skills so that you're doing your job when it comes to perform mm-hmm. so that the team can then perform. It's a big deal. Yeah. Well, it's exciting to hear. I appreciate, uh, the feedback just, you know, for the podcast part, but, um, I, I did, like I said, I, I get a lot of value out of hearing how the pieces um, are fitting together and like why that's important for them to fit together the way they do. Um, I know that I, I like speaking about that, but I also like hearing about that from um, the team and leadership in general. Um, I got a couple other points I want to hit on with you before we wrap. Uh, Dan mentioned a handful of times um, our continued and maybe renewed relationship with the Echelon Front people. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about some leadership training for like our company through their some of their stuff. Is that in motion? Is that um, you chatted about it a little bit, but I didn't know if there was kind of any any deeper thoughts yeah, on that from you. It's um, so it's it's in motion from a preliminary standpoint, okay. and it'll be more hands on leadership training for our kind of. Uh, like leadership teams to start. But we also are going to implement this year more training in general, especially from a construction industry understanding standpoint. Yeah. So we're all, we're putting together a plan to actually implement build the training so that we can learn uh, about the industry. Our people. Our people. Yeah. And there also will be a leadership component to that too. Right on. And then, my understanding is I have not been involved in a single one of these conversations. Okay. My understanding is that then the executive leadership team and then the uh, the other leadership team, kind of the next level leaders, will be involved directly with, with Echelon Front Got it. this cool. year. I know the Echelon Front thing is not always relatable to everybody and sure. they look at Jocko like he's just an ogre seal that's just not relatable that's not really sure. my i like i like a little soft I'm, I'm more of a Brene brown kind of person um i get it i get it but give it just give it a shot give it a fair shake before you pass judgment it's yeah. really easy to look at all of them and be like ah this isn't for me i totally get it if i walked in you know if it was Brene brown i'd be like i'm pro- i'm good like I, I i'm a badass like uh thanks Brene, but i'm gonna get the hell out of here I'm, no I don't think she wrote that book. She wrote a different book. She, I mean, we can talk about Brene Brown if you want to. I don't, um, Brene Brown's probably not even a very good example. I don't think that's who you're thinking about. It doesn't matter. No, what, I, I know, I what, know Brene Brown. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to think of a better example. Oprah. Sure. I'll, I'll choose Oprah. Great. I'd rather learn from Jocko than Oprah. Sure. 
So if it was fair, I, I'm going to, I'm just going to get rid of the analogy. We're going to <laughs> discard it. We can cut that Harrison. We're just no, no, no. swimming around. You don't need to cut it. Okay. Just give it a fair shake. Yeah. That's all I ask because the principles I have been a student of leadership for five years now, especially over the past two, three years, as I've been thrust into this leadership position, I've studied it in the principles from all different angles, all different people, from the Dalai Lama to people like Jocko, military. The principles are sound. The principles are extraordinarily sound. And they apply to any situation, anybody. So that's all I ask is if you're involved in that in any way, give it a fair shake. Just listen to it. Yeah. Because the principles are so sound and make so much sense. Well, I feel like that was the big feedback from the folks who went to the muster, whenever that was. Um, was that like, I did not expect what it ended up being. Yeah. And if you're, yeah, if you're apprehensive about it, talk to lawyer Chase. Yeah. Because they were both apprehensive before that event. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks. Uh, a couple other uh, dirt world uh, thoughts. I know, obviously, um, Benjamin has a lot to speak to that. Skyler, those guys. Um, but I just kind of want to hear from your perspective. Uh, one random question that I haven't really heard communicated is the Dirt World app, what BuildWit Connect was going to be? Are those two separate things? I'm I'm honestly not the best person to speak upon this. Sure. Totally fine. Dirt World is coming together. We backed off a little bit. The initial rush, we've done this in the past before. We've been guilty of this. We've run this play a few times. Yeah. And uh, I don't want to say I regret it, but it's it's always like, ah, I wish we didn't do that. Yeah. Uh, so we ran the play that is, hey, we need to go get some additional revenue here. I think Dirt World's the best way to do it. We pressed hard on it at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. We came up with a lot of amazing things out of that. But then we were able to raise some additional capital to take some of the pressure that we were feeling off. Not totally off, but off enough to sit here and say, okay, if we actually, if we really carefully thought this through and gave ourselves a little bit more time, yeah. what could we come up with? And when do we really need to buy? And we have Con Expo in March. So we sat down and, all right, here's the roadmap for this overall. But what can we go create platform-wise that is initially based on the web that can become our community-type offering? And get this started. And- yes. So we ha- will always have our business offering, which is now Build With Training, and will evolve into additional features like communication later this year, mm-hmm. most likely. And then we'll have that uh, B2C consumer-based product that is going to start Dirt World, dirtworld.com as a website, and then we'll evolve into mm. a software app product cool. is my understanding. Got it. Well, I, even just that brings some clarity to me. Um, so I appreciate that. I know that's kind of a out of left field question, but something I, I thought about when I was uh, listening back to the all hands call. Yeah. There was some talk about a Dirt World conference. That's really exciting. We don't have to get into the logistics of that. But I did want to ask, um, how does our upcoming time at Con Expo help us pre- prepare for something like that? I don't think it does. Okay. Interesting. The way we're using Con Expo, it's just different. Yeah. Um, so Con Expo, I'm, since this is internal podcast, I can be more critical. Yeah. 
I think Con Expo is, is is totally missing the mark in a lot of ways. Sure. I think it's uh, their customers, the equipment manufacturer. I think equipment manufacturers are very disconnected from the realities facing the industry. And they might argue with me on that, but I haven't really seen a single manufacturer that's like, yep, you are really connected to the customer. There's just this weird Mm -hmm. disconnect between them and what's going on out in the field. And for example, you go to Con Expo and there might be some talk about workforce development, but if you look at the actual show and how it's set up, there won't really be anything on workforce development. I liked Bauma because it was more community. It was more Hmm. people coming together and celebrating the industry. Con Expo, it's our customers are the manufacturers. We're going to talk about battery powered equipment, the latest in technology. Here's our bulldozer. It's 23% more efficient. And this is why. It's all about the equipment. The special thing about Con Expo is all of the connections and camaraderie that happens as a result of all of these people going to this event. But that's not the purpose. The purpose is not to bring the industry together. Yeah. The purpose of Con Expo is to sell more equipment. That's ultimately it. Mm-hmm. Bringing people together is a byproduct of that. What if we created an event where the sole purpose of it was to bring the industry together and to teach, you know, educate, inspire, entertain? Yeah. Well, there you go. It's just a different approach. It just takes the equipment out of the equation and makes it about the people in the first place. That's it. It's just a different approach. Yeah. It's a totally different event. Change the focus. Do mm-hmm. I eventually want the largest industry event in the world? Yes. Yeah. Do I think that's possible? Yes. When? Who knows? But this is our first stab at uh, an event at scale. Yeah. And we are doing it in a very financially savvy way. We are doing it to eliminate a lot of the risk. So there is a ripcord if it doesn't take off. We'll know if it's not going to take off well in advance. So we will have the opportunity to pull the ripcord. And we're stacking this thing up. So Echelon Front is leading an entire day and we'll promote this as an to opportunity to be involved with them. Yeah. yeah. So we're not just on the hook to promote this on our own. We're partnering with a huge force that is very, very, very well received in the in the industry we serve mm-hmm. so and i after last year i don't want to say i have my tail between my legs but it last year was ready shoot aim <laughs> this year i'm trying to aim a little bit more yeah so i did ask questions on is this the right time should we be doing this i was honestly one of the more critical people hmm not saying I'm, you know, I, 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 I was the one healthy saying, to be critical. yeah, I was the one saying this needs to be really well thought out and a really damn good idea. And we need to have a long list of reasons for this to be yeah. executed upon this year or else we're not doing it. And Dan, Jason, Randy, others have really thought it through. They believe it is within our best interest, well within our best interest. And we're going to give it the old college try this year. Uh, Benjamin put uh, some good words to it. He said, uh, basically have 10 months until the prospective date for, for that. And yeah, Benjamin, I mean, Benjamin's been a huge part of it. Yeah. He's, he's obviously 
yeah. uh, right in the middle of all that. Um, but he said, you know, it's 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 essentially ten months from now, and to think the things we have uh, dreamt up from scratch and put together and put to real use in shorter time than that, um, like build with training just in general yeah. uh comparing that timeline to the 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 time that we're uh already starting to plan for something like this he's like this should be no sweat which obviously like that part's a joke but the idea yeah, that it's yeah. like we have shown that we can <clears throat> we can put some effective things together quickly and that are powerful but um we also have learned a lot of lessons that come from some of that really fast movement that it's like, well, what if we uh, use the same level of care, same level of consideration and have like the time to devote to like making those decisions and planning, strategizing. It's definitely not a, I, I, I feel like it's crazy, but it's been very, it's much, it's been a lot. Um, the vetting process has been a lot more thorough on this idea sure. than previous ideas. Well, we, we have, uh, and we're we, leveraging an outside defense company for it, which is helpful. We have, um, gotten some good experience building airplanes in the air. Um, but we also don't necessarily have to do that every time. Mm-hmm. So I think that's exciting to hear about the, you know, the, the opening stages. Um, I look forward to learning more as we, uh, get further down that rabbit hole. Um, I think it's really exciting and it's something you've spoken to for for multiple years about you know there would be a lot of value in something like this someday oh, maybe we can do that yeah i'm i'm the biggest believer in this i'm i'm excited i want it to be this year yeah i just want you know i've last year we accomplished a lot but we also got beat up a lot i made some promises to the team i want to keep this year <laughs> <laughs> and, and i'm trying yeah. i'm trying to keep those promises i, I don't I'm not looking to break my word this year. I'm not looking to learn the same things over again. Mm-hmm. We've learned them, but I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited it's coming together at the same time. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, well, thanks for speaking to some of that. I, I know for me, the all hands calls are often a a deluge. Del, deluge is that you say that word? Maybe, maybe mm-hmm. of information. And I think you know there is all, there are, are always a handful of really good questions at the end. Um, but I know for me, being able to kind of let that uh, settle in my brain um, and kind of wrestle with, all right, here's what these things are. Here's what they might mean to me. Here's kind of what that stirs the, the questions I want to ask. And so with that, like, I think we're never going to be able to get to all the pieces, all the things that people should be thinking about with all these. And yep. so um, I think being able to sit down with you and, and take some real time doing a deep dive, I think as we, we continue to... A, just get better at these all hands monthly calls, which we've been doing for a little bit now. Um, knowing ooh, who who could really speak to this long form in a way that the all hands call isn't going to really do. Um, I definitely that's kind of my hope for the future of what we're doing on the, the internal podcast this year is how do we bring in uh, not just my curiosity and your perspective, but the other folks in our company who are more experts on the th- these things that are important for our company to know and to talk about. Um, so that that's a, a big goal for me. Um, and I think we're slowly figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think that is an internal podcast. Uh, everybody crushing it in January. It was really exciting to see just all the new stuff happening, uh, the new momentum. I know that um, Harris and I are really excited about what we're working on with the podcast stuff and uh, look forward to what's happening in February. 
Excellent. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you on the next one. Stay dirty. Thank you.